It is Friday, September 25th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 3 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Before we get to the show, guys, can we just acknowledge the work done by Bill Belichick and the mustache and beard crew last night in lowering the bar for what's acceptable to wear on streams like this? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that because you know we're not we're not the, the finest dressed gentlemen when it comes to these podcasts. Yeah, Belichick's usually rocking that hoodie, but uh, he looked like a complete disaster in that one press game conference. I found that pretty funny, too. Yeah, I thought about changing my shirt before this one. I was like, nah, I look way better than Belichick today. I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. Jared, I thought I had a pretty good lineup for week two of the Crown is Ass Challenge. Posted 177.5 points. That was not even enough to get me within 50 points of your buzzsaw, though. Please tell me that you want some money off of someone other than me this week. Oh, I did. Um, but in full disclosure, we were talking about this before we started here. I actually ended up getting off this lineup you know, for the rest of my cash games because I got worried about Dak Prescott and his offensive line um, on Sunday morning. So I ended up going down from Dak to Kyler Murray. That, that was fine. You know, Kyler scored 33-something. But then with the savings, I went from um, Aaron Jones to Derrick Henry, which you know cost me like 40 points. But um, you know that lineup still scored like 190, so it was more than enough to cash and all, all the – cash game lineups. Unfortunately, I didn't enter this lineup or score 227 in any tournaments because that, you know, that, that would have taken down some of the smaller field tournaments. And of course, Tyler was so intimidated by your lineup, even before it scored any points, he decided to not even enter the crown his ass challenge last week and save his money. Yeah, it turned out to be a good move because I think I scored <laughs> an 80 in cash. So I, I would have lost my, uh, my money there. So um, I guess I'll have to to focus on actually entering my lineup for week three. <laughs> We're going to get the rookie hazing going here. I mean, it's been <laughs> frowned upon in, in society at large, but I feel like it's the only path at, at this point. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton was the big letdown in my lineup. I, I would imagine we'll talk about him later in this show again. Ronald Jones also didn't do a whole lot. It was, I mean, Leonard Fournette proved it was a good spot. I'm going to be watching that situation this week. I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to use either Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette in uh, DFS this week, but I I don't know what to make of that situation overall. Yeah, either do I. I think it's definitely a situation to avoid in DFS this week while we sort of wait to see how it settles out. Tyler, are you taking a shot on either Bucks running back in week three? I don't think so. I think um, they have Shady McCoy involved there as well. He dropped a touchdown pass. Leonard Fournette just isn't very good, and it doesn't seem like Tom Brady trusts Ronald Jones after the fumbled exchange, so... I think with a three-headed attack, it's a pretty easy situation to avoid for now until we have more clarity on the situation. Yeah, I agree. Good one to watch uh, while we see how it, it resolves. We will all be back at it for week three of the Crown is Ass Challenge. We will show you on Saturday morning who we are playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, Jared, who's your top cash game QB for week three? Yeah, so the quarterback pricing on DK this week is interesting. It's very flat. You know, there's There's not any big drop-offs and even from like, you know, quarterback one to quarterback 15, you know, it's not, it's not as big 
of a gap in price as usual. So actually, if you look at our dollars per projected point rankings, it's it's the top three quarterback. Or sorry, I think it's the first, second, and fourth quarterback in price. Uh, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray that check in as the three best values at the position. So I'm going to start with the cheapest of those three and go with Kyler Murray, who, you know, the, the rushing production he's been giving us has been unbelievable. 91 yards and a score on the ground in the opener, 67 yards and two TDs in week two. So that's great. And then you throw in the matchup this week, home for the Lions, who are 24th in football outsiders, pass defense, DVOA. Um, the Cardinals have the second highest implied total of the week at 30.25 points. So I'm going to start with Kyler Murray at 6,800. You know, if I end up having a few extra hundred bucks, um, you know, I have no issue going up to Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, I think I'm going to be off of Kyler this week just because he's in the same price tier as the quarterback I like just a little bit better. Murray's really relied on his rushing production throughout the season so far. Only Cam Newton has more um, of his fantasy production coming from rushing. And if that's the case, I'm just going to find the extra couple hundred dollars and get up to Prescott or Russ Wilson or even Josh Allen, who's who's just been going wild. I know he faces a better defense than the Rams this week, and there is some win concerns there. But I think I'm going to prioritize either getting Prescott or Russell Wilson over uh, Murray this week. I suck on DraftKings in general, so I need some extra cap space. So I'm going to look a little bit below those guys to start, and then we'll see when I'm building uh, if that fits in. I like Ryan Tannehill at 5900 bucks. Six touchdown passes through two games so far, all six of those from inside the red zone. Uh, two touchdowns in each game from inside the 10-yard line as well. He's seen six pass attempts in that range. He averaged 1.8 per game last year over his 10 start. So, I mean, maybe that number's coming down. It certainly did from week one to week two already. But the Titans obviously aren't scared to let Ryan Tannehill throw the ball from in that range. He also had three rushing scores from in that range last season. So there's that upside to him. And they're scoring upside in general against the Vikings this week. So I think it's a nice price on Ryan Tannehill, especially as some of the big scorers are moving up at other positions. And like I said, I, I need a little bit more cap space to be able to screw up my own lineup. <laughs> yeah, it sure seems like starting guys against the Vikings is going to be a good play all season. I just with all the value on the week three slate in general, I think we hit with all the injuries we saw in week two, I, I don't think it's going to be any problem getting um, one of those top quarterbacks in my cash lineup this week. So typically I do look to pay down, but with all the value, I, I don't think that's necessary this week. Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't gone building my lineups yet, so it's certainly possible that I get in there and I'm like, oh, it's really not that hard to get to Dak Prescott, actually. Yep. GPP, Jared, what you got? Uh, I'm going right beneath Tannehill and going to Carson Wentz at 5,800 bucks. Um, you know, it's obviously been an ugly start to the season for him. Um, but I'm just sort of betting on the long-term track record here. Like, you know, he's been a quality quarterback. He's been a, a really quality fantasy quarterback throughout his career so far. And this is his easiest matchup so far. He, he's open against Washington and the Rams. Both those defenses are top eight against the pass, according to Football Outsiders. Uh, Cincinnati is 16th against the pass. Uh, you know, Vegas seems pretty confident in the Eagles. They have a 26-point implied total. That's the sixth highest on the main slate. Um, I think – Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard are all good values on their own. So, you know, Wentz is easily stackable with one or two of those guys. And he's coming in at just 6% projected ownership, according to Fanshare. Yeah, I think I would have to stack him with at least two of those guys if I'm going to use him. Because I think if he does go off and produces like big money winning numbers, it's I think it's all going to be passing and he'll need to bring a couple of those players with him. Yep. Tyler, what you like? So I have five quarterbacks in my QB player pool this week. It's Russ Wilson, 7.3, Dak, 7.2, Josh Allen, 6.9, Cam, 6.7, and then Mitch Trubisky at 5.7. 
I've already talked a little bit about the top quarterbacks. I think the Cowboys Seahawks has the highest projected over under of the entire season at 55 and a half. Both of these defenses are terrible. Both of them have given up, you know, over 400 yards passing to, to Cam Newton and, and Matt Ryan. And I just think without either of these uh, defenses being able to force pressure, I think this is going to be a, a game we really want to attack. I really don't care if it's chalky. Um, definitely going to have big exposure on those two quarterbacks. And then Josh Allen's just been a, a machine, and it seems like he's always low-owned. And he's got easy stack options with John Brown and Stefan Diggs. And then you could always play him naked. And then Cam Newton, um, there's a theme with these quarterbacks. They can all uh, get it done with their legs and their arm. I think they all have the highest upside on the slate. And I'm, I think I'm going to fade Kyler Murray because he may be the chalkiest of, of all the quarterbacks this week. I agree with fading Kyler in tournaments for um, you know Dak or, or uh, Russ Wilson. I don't know if you guys saw Cam Newton. It sounds like he's going to be without his center, David Andrews, this week. Um, I think he had a thumb surgery, um, which I think is always a concern when a quarterback loses his center. Maybe even more so for Cam because you know if the interior blocking isn't quite as good, um, you know that that's at least something to consider with him. Although you know it is a nice matchup, obviously against the Raiders. I feel like naked Josh Allen is the dirtiest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. And it makes me, it particularly worries me because it feels like something that could actually exist out there on Instagram. I bet there's plenty of Bills fans that wouldn't mind seeing naked Josh Allen right now. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on from that quickly. All right, I'll throw out a couple other names that are worth thinking about. Uh, Matthew Stafford at 6,300, I think, in that, in what could be a shootout, Cardinals versus Lions. And he's probably got Kenny Galladay back as we speak. I don't, we haven't gotten the, the game report, but it seems like Galladay is trending toward returning. We're probably going to get lower ownership on Galladay than we will most of the rest of the season this week. Um, ben Roethlisberger, another option in the same range at 6,400. Certainly both guys that need to do it. They need to explode passing, but I think they're both in spots where that's a possibility this week. Also multiple pass catching options for Ben Roethlisberger. And I think the stacking for Roethlisberger can include James Conner. I know there wasn't a whole lot of receiving for him last week, but he did run 26 routes versus five for Benny Snell, four for Jalen Samuels. So I think Roethlisberger plus Connor plus Deontay Johnson is in play. I'm going to be checking during the weekend too to see what Justin Herbert's ownership projection is. It's like 1%. I might have to throw in a Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and some receiver lineup. I was hoping he was cheaper because I would have liked to use him in cash if he was like low 5,000s, but um, he's not a great value. But I agree in GPPs. I mean, we already saw the rushing upside. Last week, he looked really good as a passer, good matchup. So I, I think he's worth tossing in a GPP lineup or two. I just think it's really clear that the Chargers want to run the ball a lot. We, we've seen that with Joshua Kelly getting 25 touches and then Eckler getting another like 18 to 20. So I don't really like Herbert just for the – especially after that um, interception he threw last week kind of cost them the game. I think Anthony Lynn's just going to run the ball as much as humanly possible, and it makes sense in a matchup against a historically bad uh, Panthers rush defense. Yeah, I think it's a case where you definitely want a game stack because, like, if Herbert is going to go off, you need the Panthers' offensive score. So you, you probably want to toss DJ Moore would be my guy to throw in any Herbert lineups. Yeah, and Herbert certainly won't be a prominent guy for me, but maybe tossing one lineup out there just in case he gets lucky on the ground as well, like he did last week. Over at running back for cash, Jared, what do you like? Uh, Miles Sanders for me. He's going to be in my cash lineup. He'll probably be in every single tournament lineup I make. Um, 6,400 bucks. I think he's, you know, at least $500 underpriced, maybe like a thousand dollars underpriced considering this matchup. Um, his usage last week in his debut coming off that hamstring injury was awesome. 20 carries, seven targets played 77% of the Eagle snaps. So, you know, basically in a workhorse role right out of the gate, I think he, you know, plays something similar 
this Sunday. Gets the Bengals run defense. Uh, Football Outsider says them 25th against the run. Cincinnati has allowed a league high 358 rushing yards. The running backs through just two weeks, uh, 5.5 yards per carry. So, um, you know, Eagles home favorites. I think Sanders should be in for a big game. Tyler, what you like? I think the roster construction is fairly uh, easy this week with, I think the three running backs in cash, similar to last week, is pretty clear to me. And that's going to be Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, and Devin Singletary for me. I just think they're all underpriced. Jared just made a lot of good points on Miles Sanders. Jonathan Taylor just has has a great matchup against the Jets with 10.5-point favorites. He had over 20 carries at halftime last week, so he's going to be the guy there. And then Zach Moss got ruled out for Buffalo, uh, which frees up Singletary for probably, you know, 18 to 22 touches and their home favorites against the Rams who have been getting smashed in the ground game. So then um, we'll get into wide receiver construction later, but I think those three running backs is, is going to be my, uh, my cash game guys for sure. Yeah. I've got Singletary down at 4,900 as well. I mean, he that's too cheap now that Zach Moss is out. Rams are 27th in football outsiders run defense DVOA. You know, it's early. We can't really trust those numbers too much, but They've been generous to Zeke Elliott, been generous to Miles Sanders through two games. And the pass defense is looking pretty good for the Rams. So especially after the the Bills um, blew up on, on the passing side over the first two games, we should expect the Rams to be gearing up to play that aspect. Maybe we see the Bills counter by giving the ball to Devin Singletary a little bit more. And he should control the backfield work with no Zach Moss. I'm not sure he presents the touchdown upside to be so attractive on the tournament side because I don't know what the target outlook is there with that improved wide receiver core this year, but the price even, I think, still makes Singletary okay. Tyler, are you playing Singletary in tournament lineups as well? Yeah, I'm going to have Singletary in tournaments too. Other than him, I, I like James Conner at 6.7 thousand. Um, the Steelers really like using a workhorse running back. Ben loves targeting his running backs. Uh, they're a home favorite against a terrible defense, and I think his price is, is extremely viable at just 6.7. Besides him, I like Kenyon Drake. We've been waiting for him to break out. I know me and Jared have definitely rostered him the last couple of weeks. His role uh, appears to be really safe. I know Chase Edmonds is is getting in the game, but Kenyon Drake's still the guy there. And he's going to offer you a lot of leverage off of popular teammates, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. We I had the same thing going on last week. So I'm with you guys that Sanders and Singletary are the you know, two running backs to play in cash. And you know, last week I talked about Kenyon Drake versus Jonathan Taylor as sort of the, the, the decision. I ended up going with Taylor and Cash just sort of as a block because um, I knew he'd be much more popular. That he that ended up working out. Obviously, he outscored Drake pretty easily. Um, but you know, this week it's a thousand dollar price difference. So I actually like Kenny and Drake um, as the third running back in Cash against that um, Lions run defense that we just saw Aaron Jones put up. You know, forty plus points against. Is that your favorite GPP running back? Um, it's not. I'll play him in GPP. I think he's going to be popular, but I still think you play him. Um, I like Austin Eckler for GPP. Um, Sixty eight hundred bucks. I mean, he's priced above Drake. He's pr- priced above. Miles Sanders, which looks like it's going to keep his ownership down. Uh, Fanshare has him at just 6% projected ownership. Um, Tyler talked about how we know the Chargers want to run the ball as much as possible. Even you know splitting carries with Joshua Kelly, Austin Eckler has 35 carries through two weeks. That's tied for sixth in the entire NFL. Um, he also got four targets from Justin Herbert last week after you know just seeing the one target from Tyrod Taylor. So a small sample, obviously, but it might you know it might turn out that Herbert in there um, you know boost Eckler's uh, passing game volume a little bit. Yeah, at 6800 bucks, I have Eckler down as well. He's seen 20 touches in each game so far. I mean, 
it's really just that Joshua Kelly has gotten the ball more than we expected. And there were people excited about Joshua Kelly coming into the season that I think has kept people from being more excited about Eckler, because normally if you can get somebody who finished top five among running backs last year and is now getting 20 touches per game and is still under seven K and has already showed the receiving upside that Eckler has, I feel like there should be more excitement about him. Instead, he's projected for single digit ownership this week. I like Eckler a lot The the downside is that Kelly has seen six carries inside the 10 versus just one for Eckler. It's too early to say that, okay, Kelly is the goal line back and Eckler is not. We'll see where that goes going forward. I certainly wouldn't be shocked if he continues to lead in that area, but we also know that Eckler has big play speed. He can score from farther away, so I'm not going to let that dim my optimism too much. I like Eckler a lot this week. And a roster, Kelly from the same team, uh, $1,900 cheaper, uh, and he got the 25 touches last week. So I haven't decided how much Austin Eckler I'm going to use, but I, I mean, I think both running backs are extremely viable this week. I think they're probably going to have 35 to 40 rushing attempts as a team. So honestly, both of them could could maybe hit value. Uh, the last running back I wanted to talk about was Jeff Wilson Jr. at Men Price on DraftKings at 4,000. It just doesn't seem like the coaching staff is ready to to give Jarek McKinnon a full workload. He's only seen three carries in each of the first two weeks. And I know there's potential um, concerns with that field. I know um, Coach Shanahan was talking about that, and, and that's why they were considering holding out Kittle. And with McKinnon being banged up for the last few years, it, it would make sense for them to give Jeff Wilson the majority of the carries in, in a great matchup against the Giants. Yeah, I'm expecting Wilson to lead that backfield in carries this week. He's, he should get the goal line stuff. Um, I don't think he's going to do much in the passing game, so I, I probably wouldn't use him in cash because I think if he doesn't score, he's probably going to hurt you. But um, for tournaments, you know, we, we've seen him score you know, multiple times and in games before for the Niners. Tyler, you mentioned both Jeff Wilson and Joshua Kelly just now, who are guys that are going to be rushing heavy and not so much receiving factors. How So I guess in general, does the lack of receiving tend to scare you off of running backs on DraftKings? Or are you maybe seeing it as when you get a cheaper guy like that that has some touchdown upside, is it maybe a, a spot that people are going to ignore more than they should because of the lack of receptions? I just think it's a, it's a price thing with both of them. Both of them are sub 5k and it's not like they need a hundred plus yards and multiple touchdowns. You know, they just, they just need 80 yards and a touchdown and, and they could be in tournament winning lineups. And then with Jeff Wilson, he actually saw with the new quarterback, Nick Mullins, he saw a game with Mullins. He got eight targets. I, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but there was a eight target game for Jeff Wilson. So it's not like he's incapable of catching passes and at min price and in such a great matchup and a great uh, offensive scheme, I, I just think he can offer plenty of upside at that price tag. So I'm not too concerned about the lack of receiving role. I mean, lots of cheap, lots of cheap RBs. I mean, we haven't even talked about Mike Davis or Jarek McKinnon, who are both. I think Davis is right at 5K, McKinnon's at 49. So lots of cheap running back options this week. What do you guys think about McKinnon? I'm not playing him in cash because I'm just not sure how much you know work he's going to get on the ground, especially. And then in tournaments, if he's going to be um, pretty high on. I mean, I, I prefer Singletary straight up. Um, you know, we'll see how ownership shakes out between those two guys, but um, you know, I'll, I'll probably play Singletary over McKinnon in any tournament lineups. What's the early ownership projection on McKinnon? I mean, right now, Fanshare has Singletary at 2% and McKinnon at oh, only at 3%. Wow, um, that's interesting. I mean, Singletary is definitely going to climb. Um, I don't know if McKinnon's at 3%, maybe I'm going to play him. I don't know. Yeah, those will be guys to watch into the weekend, I think. Certainly developing situations with all the running back injuries. 
Over to wide receiver, Tyler. Who do you like for cash? So back to the theme of the week. I think my construction for cash is going to be very simple. It's going to be attack that Cowboys-Seahawks game with one of the quarterbacks, play the, the running back values that I mentioned already, and then play stack the wide receivers with those quarterbacks in that same game. So I think we could use Amari Cooper in cash. We could use Tyler Lockett in cash. We could use DK Metcalf in cash with their quarterback. I just really expect that game to shoot out. And that's going to be a construction that I'm using in both cash and GPPs. Uh, it's kind of tough to distinguish which wide receiver to, to use in cash because all of them are seeing a pretty equal share of targets. Amari Cooper is the clear guy for Dallas. So I think he's the best option in cash uh, with CD Lamb's price rising and, and Gallup being used more as a, a down the field option. And then Lockett has just been so efficient with Russell Wilson. He's caught 15 of his 16 targets. And then Metcalf has, has had two solid games as well uh, with touchdowns in both games. So that's going to be the direction I'm going. I might use three wide receivers in that game, and I, I just expect that game to shoot out. And if there's over 60 points in that game, it's highly likely that most of the receivers are going to pay off in a pretty big way. Yeah, I certainly can't argue with Cowboys or Seahawks receivers right now. I think a cheaper wideout to help fit in, to help get some salary relief and fit those guys is Golden Tate at 4,500. I think there's a nice floor for him in the 4K range. The Niners pass rush is taking a hit with no Nick Bosa, no D Ford this week. So that could be a weaker defense than usual. Tate caught all five of his targets last week in his return game. Now we've got no Saquon Barkley. We've got no Sterling Shepard. Both of those guys would be shorter range targets like Golden Tate. So there is a pass rush, you know, maybe um, Golden Tate is more of an outlet option this week. And I think Darius Slayton, even though he's in a similar price range and has a higher ceiling, just a bit more of a volatile scoring profile. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Tate's the cash receiver for the Giants and Slayton's GPP. I'm with Tyler, though. I'm going to have a Seahawks receiver and a Cowboys receiver in my cash lineup. Um, it's probably going to be Lockett for me from Seattle. Um, he's, I think he's a slightly better target bet. He's the lower ADAT guy. I just think that gives him a higher floor, especially on DraftKings with the full PPR. And then on the Dallas side, I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb, um, 5400 bucks. You know, it has gotten off to a good start. Six catches, 59 yards in the opener. Nine catches, 106 yards this past week. Um, he's second on the Cowboys and targets behind only Amari Cooper. And he gets that slot matchup against Seattle. Lamb has run 91% of his snaps in the slot. I think, you know, we thought Dallas might be rotating these guys in and out of the slot a bit more, but it's been, you know, Lamb in there the vast majority of the time. And uh, Seattle's really struggled against slot receivers so far. They gave up 114 yards to Russell Gage in week one, and then that 179-yard gain to Julian Edelman last Sunday night. Tyler, what you like? So if I'm not using wide receiver in that Seahawks-Cowboys game, some one-offs that I like are Calvin Ridley and Allen Robinson from the same game. So that game's uh, in Atlanta. It's in a dome. Both quarterbacks should be more accurate. The Falcons' offense has been really good throughout the season, and they have a terrible defense. I just think Allen Robinson's ready to break out. He's seen the target market share all season, and we all know he's a stud. He's going to catch everything that Trubisky puts in range. And going up against those uh, Falcons corners, I, I think he's finally going to have a breakout game. If I'm looking to pay down, I'm looking at KJ Hamler at minimum price, 3000 uh, They're playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, so it could get ugly pretty quick. I expect the Bucks to build a double-digit lead. Uh, but Jeff Driscoll was really airing it out last week. He led um, week two quarterbacks in air yards, which means he was just – he got in there and he was chucking it. And that was against the tough Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So Hamler definitely, um, you know, you don't need to go all in on him because he doesn't have a super high target projection. But if he catches a 50-yard touchdown, catches a couple other passes, 
you're going to need him in tournaments. And at just 3,000, you'll be able to fit pretty much whatever else you want. Discount Henry Ruggs, baby. KJ Hamler. Little known fact that Jeff Driscoll's middle name is actually YOLO. At wide receiver, I love the 5K range of salary for wide receivers. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 5,400. CeeDee Lamb at 5,400. Deshaun Jackson at 5,200. T.Y. Hilton at 5,600. All risky guys. Well, not not all risky. CeeDee Lamb and Deontay Johnson feel pretty good about this week. But lots of options in there to play around with in various lineups. And even up at the top, Terry McLaurin, 59. Uh, Tyler Boyd at 59, very low ownership projection on him. And A.J. Green just at the top, 6,000, 3.2%. So, Jared, if you're playing that Carson Wentz lineup that you want to, are you running back with one of those two Bengals wideouts? Um, I haven't decided yet. I'm not sure. If I did, it would be Tyler Boyd. Um, I just like his matchup a bit better in the slot um, over A.J. Green, who's going to get a lot of Darius Slade, who's been good so far through two weeks. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, there are a ton of wideouts to like, especially in tournaments. It's it's tough. Like if we're gonna play the Cowboys Seahawks stack, like that game's gonna take up, you know, two or three of those wideout spots. So you know, have to figure out who else to get in there. But um I like Deshaun Jackson and T. Y. Hilton. I think, you know, one or or both of those guys is gonna have, you know, sort of a, a breakout game for for twenty twenty. I know Jackson is sort of trending up. He was a bit limited in week one, but um was on the field more in week two, uh led the Eagles with nine targets, I believe it was. Um, you know, he has a fine matchup against the Bengals. And then T.Y. Hilton has been super disappointing so far. I mean, he had that drop on what would have been a long touchdown in week two. But, you know, he's at home this week. You know, we, we like playing him at home. Gets a really bad Jets secondary. No Paris Campbell for the Colts. You know, that could push some more targets T.Y. Hilton's way. So um, and he's coming in at just 6.4% projected ownership. So I think he makes a perfect tournament play. Over a tight end, Tyler, who's your cash guy? Cash guy, I'm looking at Zach Ertz, and I'm looking at uh, Logan Thomas if you're looking to save. I'm not sure you're going to need the savings to pay down for Thomas this week, but Ertz is just way too cheap at 5.1,000. You know, he hasn't got off to a good start this season, but I think the Eagles are ready to break out in a big way. They're 0-2, and they're home against the Cincinnati team that's just been hemorrhaging points all over the field. Uh, they just gave up 35 to a, to a Browns team that offensively, they made them look like a juggernaut. So... Yeah, so Ertz, I mean, Ertz is cheap at 5,100. He's also coming in at just 4.6% projected ownership. He's in play in cash. I think he's an awesome tournament play. I mean, I mean, everyone knows that Dallas Goddard is you know, playing a big role and, and you know, probably hurting Zach Ertz's upside a bit. But Ertz is also still fourth among all tight ends in pass routes. He's eighth among all tight ends in targets. So it's, you know, it's not like he you know, isn't getting opportunities. Jalen Rager out this week. No Alshon Jeffrey still. So I think Ertz and Goddard. Uh, along with Deshaun Jackson, they're once again going to be the clear focal points of that passing game. So, yeah, I like Ertz a lot in tournaments and, and cash. Yeah, I like him across formats too. And the Eagles clearly shortened their passing game last week. Uh, Carson Wentz's dot from week one where he led the league to week two cut in half, and he was outside the top 20 in average depth of target in week two. So clearly Philly was trying to combat all of the many sacks of week one by having Carson Wentz look shorter. I don't think that that will change now that Jalen Rigger, one of their speed guys, is out. So it certainly plays into Zach Ertz's upside, plays into Dallas, Dallas Goddard's area. Both of those guys, I think, make sense across formats. If I have to pay down, I like Drew Sample at 3500 bucks. Second among Bengals and targets last week, even with C.J. Ozama taking six targets before he left that game. Joe Burrow has targeted tight ends on 21.6% of his pass attempts through two games. We'll see where that goes. You know, it's just been two games. But through those same two games, the Eagles opponents have targeted tight ends on 22.4% of attempts. So that's been an area that's helped opponents. 
It's an area that has helped Joe Burrow so far. I think that matches up nicely with Drew Sample at 3,500. Yeah, I think uh, Sample and, as Tyler mentioned, Logan Thomas are the two chief tight ends to, I guess, play in tournaments or cash, really. Um, you know, Logan Thomas's production has been—it's been fine. You know, he scored 13.7 DK points in Week One, 6.6 points this past week. But really, you know, his usage has been like top 10, maybe even top five among tight ends. I mean, he's been on the field for 82% of Washington snaps. He's run a pass route on 91% of Dwayne Haskins dropbacks. Only five tight ends have run more pass routes than Logan Thomas. Uh, only three tight ends have more targets. So I mean, even if we expect him to be you know, subpar in efficiency playing in that offense with Dwayne Haskins, you know, that, that usage makes them, you know, underpriced at this uh, $3,700 salary matchups good too against the Browns. I um, you know, they gave up two touchdowns to Mark Andrews in the opener. And then they gave up those 11 catches to uh, CJ Uzama and Drew Sample combined this past uh, Thursday night. Yeah. Just imagine if he had a quarterback too. Just imagine Tyler, anybody else at tight end? Yeah, so I'm looking through the Draft Sharks uh, optimizer here, and in their top three tight ends we have is Drew Sample, Mo Ali Cox, and Logan Thomas. And the lowest, well, Mo Ali Cox is coming in at 5.7 projected ownership, and it's funny he had never cleared 42 yards receiving in any game, and then he comes out uh, last week and goes over 100 with with Philip Rivers, and that's a game where the Colts are projected for a for a big team total, and as big favorites, I think he could probably find the end zone and I think he offers more upside than both Drew Sample and Logan Thomas so I'll be looking to use him in some tournaments and then I mentioned Kittle before if he's good to go I'm definitely going to use him there's really not too many uh, options to pay up for this week we don't have Kittle and we don't have Andrews on the main slate I'm probably going to fade Darren Waller against uh, the Patriots I just think they're going to double and triple team him make someone else beat them yeah, Darren Waller also dealing with an injury. Mo Ali Cox, I'm surprised that he's not projected for higher ownership after the big week last week, and he's probably set up in a much better matchup even this week. I mean, Minnesota's not doing much well on defense right now, but they still have Eric Kendricks, a middle linebacker. They still have strong safeties, so they should be pretty good against tight ends overall this season. Yeah, you know, we just have to watch Jack Doyle's status for Mo Ali Cox. Obviously, um, Doyle. Return to practice on Thursday. Um, you know, we'll see what he does on Friday and then how he's he's listed. But I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, maybe Moella Cox just took over that starting job with that performance. So, you know, maybe he's still in play in tournaments um, if Doyle's back. But he obviously becomes a lot riskier. You always try to take a shot at Jack Doyle whenever there's the opportunity. I mean, come on, Jack Doyle, and you got this big freak athlete out there. I'm I'm going with the big freak athlete, but we'll see what the Colts decide. All right, what do you like over at Flex? We've talked about most of these guys. Um, again, Kenyon Drake. Devin Singletary, you know, there's all these cheap running backs. You know, Devin Singletary, I think, is my favorite. Uh, Mike Davis, 5,100. I think, you know, he's a good bat for, you know, 15 plus touches. And then a wide receiver, um, we talked about Deontay Johnson, talked about Golden Tate. I mentioned briefly DJ Moore. I think he, he's just underpriced at 6,100 bucks. Um, you know, I guess Robbie Anderson has outproduced Moore so far, but Moore is still getting the better usage. He's leading in targets. He's the clear number one in Carolina still. So even in a tough matchup against the Chargers, um, I think more at 6100 bucks is a bit underpriced. Tyler, what do you like? I like Kenyon Drake and I like Jonathan Taylor in at the flex. One thing we haven't talked about is that you, you normally want to put um, the 4 o'clock game guys in your flex because it offers you a chance to um, pivot. Um, sometimes you're going to have tournaments that have a chance to win it all and you want your flex guys to be in those later games so you can adjust as need be. You can look through the top of the leaderboard. Uh, figure out who people have that you're competing against and give your, your ch- uh, yourself the best chance to take down a GPP. So um, 
Kenyon Drake's in the 425 game and Jonathan Taylor's in the 4 p.m. game. So so those are going to be my main flex targets uh, for sure in week three. Yeah, see, that's why I haven't won a tournament yet because I'm too damn busy on Sunday. I, I don't even check my DK lineups until after, you know, the 4 o'clock games are over. So I, I never, you know, do the late swap. And I, I know I should be, but I just, I just don't have the time on Sundays. And because you overthink the uh, Cowboys banged up offensive line this past week, that was your opportunity. We talked about on yes on uh, last week's podcast, like you know, adjusting to late news. So I, I thought I was doing a good job adjusting to late news with the Dak Prescott thing, and it just didn't work out this time. Uh-huh. Uh, I like the Eagles' tight ends as flex options this week as well. We talked about them. I think even across formats, I think they can even work for cash. I think there should be pretty guaranteed targets for them, and the five K range of receiver that I mentioned earlier as well. I think looks uh, attractive, and along the lines of the four o'clock flex wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's in the 4 o'clock game. Uh, you mentioned we've got Arizona in the 4 o'clock game. So that's a good point to make. I'm glad you brought that up. On defense, Tyler, it looks like an ugly week for me. What do you like on defense? So with all the value on the slate, I think it's going to be a pay-up at defense week as well. We have the Steelers um, in a good situation. We have the Titans in a good situation, the Browns, the Bucks, and the Chargers. So they're all in that kind of upper three to $4,000 range, and I'll be looking to get exposure on, on all those defenses. Um, all those defenses have a major uh, defensive line versus offensive line mismatch. They're all favored, and they can all kind of break the slate um, with pick sixes and sack fumbles and things of that nature. Uh, if I'm looking to pay down, it's going to be the Eagles at uh, 2.8 thousand uh, going up against Joe Burrow. He's played pretty well, but he still makes mistakes and he's turnover prone. And he's only played two NFL games, and, and we all know the Eagles can generate some pressure. So if I'm looking to pay down, it's going to be the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are the cheapest D that I feel like decently about. Talked about Burrow. The, the thing, the reason I like the Eagles is Burrow has dropped back to pass more than any other quarterback through two weeks, 112 dropbacks. And, you know, that's really what we want in picking defense because dropbacks give you a chance for the sacks, a chance for the, the interceptions. Um, and, and, you know, the Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites here. I, I do think they're going to play well and control this game. So I think you're going to get another – you know, 40 plus dropbacks from Burrow in this game. The Houston defense is projecting as the second most popular this week because of the $2,100 salary. I mean, it, you know, it's generally a good idea to pay down and try to save, but I'm not going down to the Texans playing the, the Steelers this week. I think the high ownership kind of counteracts the salary savings. I, I'm, I agree that the Eagles at 28 are the low option if I am looking to pay down there. I think the Patriots at 3200 are kind of a sneaky option as well. Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs both missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. So even if they're both playing, there's a chance that they're both a little bit limited. And there's also just a chance that the Patriots have answers for those two guys because it's a fairly shallow looking offense so far outside of Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. I think there's the chance that we don't get a whole lot from the Raiders at New England this week. Yeah, I think the Pats are fine. Um, I, I don't know if the numbers back this up, but I always feel like the Raiders aren't a great matchup for opposing Ds because they have a solid line. Derek Carr does not take chances. I prefer some of those other Ds over the Pats this week. Yeah, I definitely agree that the Raiders are not generally a good matchup for team defenses, but New England on the road uh, against them is a spot, and at a lower price than the Patriots will often be, is a, a spot where yeah. I'm willing to take a shot. All right, well, that's going to do it for this Week 3 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, to get tournament picks from Tyler, who will also lay out his favorite stacks for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in Week 3 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. 
Jared is at Smola DS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse. That's Syracuse with an I. And I am at Shauf DS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm at Shauf saying thanks so much for being with us. <laughs>